Welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie, and this is a special episode. My childhood, lifelong friend, Zane, has joined me. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? And everybody listening. <laughs> we have a Bible verse tonight. Zane, would you like to read that for us? Yeah, it's from Proverbs 16, verse 32. Patience is better than power and controlling one's emotions than in capturing a city. It's a powerful verse. I like it. It's been it's been part of what I've been doing ministry-wise. It's been sitting with me a lot. Uh, there's a I had a professor in college who even though he was a he was a Buddhist professor, but he still likes quoting Old Testament and he liked doing a lot of different things and he talked about how you have spiritual friends in life. Spiritual friends are those ones that teach you compassion and mercy and patience and patience. <laughs> and more patience. And patience. You know, like, <laughs> because, yeah. you, you, because you need it. <laughs> I feel like you're talking about me there. Uh, no, 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 no. We, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, we go from there. But. How you been, man? Good. Yeah, you got a lot going on this weekend. I have a lot going on all the time, it seems. Yeah. But. You're... Busy too. I am because we've tried to set this up like three times. And I know we, everything works out. Forget. Yeah, it's it's uh, doing this recording on a Wednesday, and then <laughs> oh yeah, we uh, yeah. I got youth group, or I'm doing a lesson that day, yeah. or or I'm just not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did that yesterday, man. I had I did two funerals on Saturday, mm. like an hour between each one, and I normally take Monday as my day off anyway. For those of you who don't know, I'm the pastor at First Christian Church in Mexico. Uh, Missouri, not south the border, but you know that's a, it's a long way to get back. I was up gonna there. say you're not as tan then. I know I'm not as tan, and you know, and I, you know, and I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, <laughs> from there, but I could. I mean, I, I might. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I had like a, like just like an hour in between them because one was kind of spur of the moment, and the other one was a big deal. Uh, not that they all are. Not that they all aren't. But this one was, you know, kind of a. a, a a big name within the church. He'd done a lot and get some different things with it. So, and so yesterday I just, uh, I took the day off and man, I did nothing, nothing. nothing. And and we need to back up. Some people, when they say nothing, they tell you like, Oh yeah, I cleaned the garage. You did this. Man, man, if I say I did nothing, making a sandwich was like a big accomplishment that day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's how I am now. It seems like, like I just veg out and just don't do anything. Right. Like, like you said, making a sandwich is the best accomplishment. Right. Me is like crawling to the bathroom. Like, do I really want to go? Do I really have to go? But yeah, because you're just wore out. Right. So for those that are listening, Zane and I have known each other since we were babies. Pretty yeah. Much. Yeah. Um, my grandparents lived across the road from his house. And right. Him and his parents and brother and sister. And so... Unfortunately for him, he's known me my whole life. <laughs> uh, it, it goes both ways. Uh, I was the one that was like, <laughs> like on the weekend, because where we lived, I mean, there weren't kids, where I lived, yeah. there were not kids around. They all got in the country. And so it was like a big deal when somebody came out. So I remember like on Saturdays, like just kind of like pacing, like the front, like the front, like the living room window, just to see like if a car might show up over there. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, hey, yeah, maybe there's a, there's a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you didn't have that. Uh, and so it was, uh, you know, and uh, Ronnie's grandparents and family uh, in a lot of ways that just 
we kind of came part of that's what was going on for so much and just kind of involved with that. Uh, it was, it was welcome with that. And so, uh, was invited to, you know, haunted houses on, in the yeah. garage and, you know, yeah. and things like that. And just being able to be there at different times. It was just a good, just a good time with that. And we had families that knew each other and did some different things. So it was always good. So, yeah. I'm like, play, pretend that we were He-Man in the, in the field and in the yard and G.I. Joe and sometimes even stuff we made up on the fly. Oh, yeah. Just whatever. We're making, making stuff up and doing that. It was, you know, it was throwing. And even after that, it was doing, you know, football plays in the yard and throwing passes and doing different things. 500. Or just 500. Or just you run out there and make a hook and catch it. Yeah. <laughs> Which basically was that. It wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even uh, nothing crazy with that. It was, you know, all kinds of stuff. We, uh, if if we had him out there, I know uh, you know your uncle Jackie and my brother were friends, and maybe out there in Fourth of July might be having bottle rockets shot at each other and <laughs> yes. doing some different things that yes. way. So all kind, of, it, it was it was just fun uh, to be able to be able to do some of that. And then getting older, like stupid stuff at school, mm-hmm. all the time. Whether it be like ridiculous plays that Hang somebody on, is the would, statue of limitations up on these. I think so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think, I think we're past yeah. the 80-20 rule or whatever it was. <laughs> but, no, but no, it was just stuff like that. It was, you know, about getting my neck snapped because I got chucked up in the air really, really high and came down and landing on my head. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. I remember um, we were, before we hit the record button, we've been talking, but like I remember the only time that I got a whooping from my grandpa was when we went with my uncle and his friend that lived down the road. Yeah. And we were supposed to be fishing in the pond. Yep. And it rained the night before. Right. And we came back and we had clay all over us. Yep. Like we were Rambo coming out of the side of the cliff. Yep. And my grandpa was none too happy about it. No. And see, I just just went home. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Some things happen with it as well too. So we go from there. Yeah. But and one thing that I did want to talk to you about. Sure. Just because it was us and like right all the wholesomeness part. Like you've always been in your faith. Yeah. And I haven't. Yeah. I mean, at that time when we're pretending to be GI Joes and right whatever, there was that. But then like those high school years or yeah you know to recent couple of years ago like i wasn't yep so like so navigate us through that it's a it's an easy and hard question to answer all the time in, in every way because yeah i grew up in church like a lot of other people did um, but a lot of people who grew up in church don't go on to become ministers or really even continue on to faith sometimes. But there was just, so my mom used to joke, then she said that with my personality, I was either going to become a bartender or a minister <laughs> because people just kind of naturally talk mm-hmm. to me. Uh, even like I would never even in a heartbeat consider myself in my high school days as popular. But I also didn't feel like I couldn't talk to a certain group of people. Yes. I I never felt that. Yep, I understand. And so part of that was because I think there, I think even then there's a, there's a calling 
on people's lives and it always kind of manifests in different ways. Um, but I, somehow I, I just knew and it, and it doesn't mean that other people don't, it just, but somehow I did. And I don't know how to put words to that because I, the the best way I can tell it is I do. So I don't talk about this a whole lot. People look at me when I'm people look at me crazy when I tell them this, (laughs) but I early on, like early, early, in high school, I had a dream one night that is more vision than dream. And I remember clearly in the dream, I was at, I was at a park. I was, I think it was Rothwell actually, because it was enough detail. I kind of, in fact it was because it had, it was the old candy cane yeah. village before, you know, before, before, before it stopped being cool. Yeah. <laughs> when it had to swing, it had the merry-go-round of death and all that stuff. And, yeah. uh, but, and the ax blade slide that was over there. You couldn't get yeah. it. But anyway, but I remember being there and I was sitting on a bench and there was this guy and like, and, and my friend, excuse me, and there were my friends were all playing around and I was just kind of sitting back watching. And there was this guy in like a plaid, kind of like a checkered plaid gray suit, like not like big checks, but like little ones. Yeah. And he's an older guy. He's got gray hair. He's got like a derby hat on. And I can tell you so much detail about it, but I can't tell you that guy's face. And we're sitting on the bench and he's just talking to me and he goes, those are your friends, right? And I said, yes. He goes, you like hanging out with them? I'm like, oh yeah. He goes, yeah. He goes, but you're, you're not really happy, are you? And I said, no. And he said, but you could be. And as soon as he said that, like the warmest, brightest, white, but not white light hit. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and I knew that at some point, in time and in somehow I was going to be in ministry and I, and I don't, and even when I was in, I, but when I was in high school, I didn't know what to do with that. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so it just got, yeah. <laughs> Zane's crazy. <laughs> so we don't tell that story. And yeah. But because of that, I, it, it just it just kind of lasted, and then because of that, there were upper there were other opportunities that I did. But that but what I've also seen is people who were strong in their faith, uh, you know, as younger as younger kids and did that that you know that that didn't have an experience like that. They were just always comfortable in church, or this was just how you grew up. And so I I don't have a good answer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew this is what I do know now that even now when I'm faced with a decision at night, I will have some type of dream, and and if there's somehow a decision that can be made within that dream, that light hits again. When I've kind of decided that I'm doing this, and and. And it continues with that. It doesn't. It never spells out, you know, like right. eat it. This way, yeah, it never spells yeah. out eat it, Joe's. But but when I've started to kind of come to my own thoughts through what I've taken in through prayer, what I've taken in through scripture reading, uh, just with conversation with other people, as I've kind of started to process that, and I kind of get a thought within that. As my mind starts to ease, I see that, mm-hmm. um, and and that's a you know that's a a. It's a comfort. It also scares me, as I think you know. When you look in scripture, every time you see God, it says, "Fear not." I think yeah. there's a reason for that. Right. It's yeah. not just you know. It's not because God came in with a pony and go, "Hey, look at me." It's like no, there's something scary about that. <laughs> because look too, um, but but that's why. But so but then so through high school, and then through college, it's it's weird. It's weird being somebody who has a direction and knows what they're going to do. 
When nobody else does? When nobody else does, and you're trained in high school to like do like achievement tests. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, you should do this, and you should do that, and, do that. and, and ministry never shows up on any of those things. <laughs> uh, I remember, is it the ASVAB test that was like the military placement, whatever yeah. it was? Yeah. And uh, I, I always crack up because my ranking was like... I think everybody gets like like airplane mechanic. But the other thing that ranks like super high, and I think this is really funny, is like uh, uh, espionage and counterintelligence. And I'm like, so I could be a minister. I could be a spy. <laughs> I could work CIA. Come on. But but it, but it is. It's hard when you know that and knowing how to weave that. So so even though I had this this call of ministry early on, I felt uncomfortably set apart. Because I didn't know how to communicate that with people who are going, I think I'm going to do this. I don't know. Like, man, I just, I just know. Right. And yeah. and then you look yeah. at that. And go, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. And I don't know who to talk to about that. Mm-hmm. So it was actually really lonely um, in talking about that because I couldn't. I didn't have the. Um, I didn't have the. Oh man, what if this doesn't work? Man, I just, I just knew. And so that that that. It's a weird place to be. Like, I loved it that I yeah. had it, but at the same time going, huh. yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, like, it, it would be a different type of loneliness, right? Like, right. Because, like you said, I'm sure there wasn't, well, back then, there wasn't the internet at your fingertips. Right. Also. Not in the same way. Right. Right. And like, so you couldn't just reach out and see how to do things or, you know, right. whatever, or hotline numbers or whatever places that you can go to like do and, it up. And even then, what would my complaint be like, Hey, I think I'd be a minister. Like, like of all the things you could complain about yeah. <laughs> going of all the things you could have wrong in your life going, yeah, I think God talks to me. I mean, you'd say that to people, you know, and if, you know, if you, if, you know, if when you're talking to God, it's called praying, but when God talks to you, it's called schizophrenia. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. do, I mean, what, when you say that, I mean, people look at you funny, yeah. uh, especially if they don't know. I mean, even if they're in the church, They'll go, oh, that's great. But even then, they don't really know what that means. Right. Uh, and so it, it's, a, it's a weird place. I've got an author uh, who I love. His name is Tex Sample. And he talks just like a good old boy, but completely intelligent. But he's got a saying that says, going into ministry is a lot like throwing up. You can put it off for a while, but sooner or later, you're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> so it's navigating, and then here we are. Right. right, like however, well, we're twenty-five-ish years. Twenty-five-ish, yeah, yeah. Oh, longer than that because, well, but, like, well yeah. Let me just say since high school. Yeah, yeah, right. And now you're here, right? So, what does that look like? Obviously, obviously, I know right. just from sitting on this side of the table. Right. Reading the room's important. Right. So, high school, college, Zane. Right. Approaching a group. And you're going to talk gospel with them to adult Zane sitting across from me, right? Talking gospel to a group. Is it the same? Yes and no. Um, what is said and how it's delivered is not different. What is different now is I'm I'm not as choosy about picking the group that. I talk to mm, makes sense where before it was I've got to figure out a way to weave in my conversation, my 
ridiculousness, my sense of humor, and weave that in with a group of people. <laughs> so, like, I don't get banished <laughs> to yeah. some degree. Yeah. That thing, I'm like, you weirdo. Yeah. What are you doing that? Right. But doing that in a way that still came across as natural, came across as it wasn't imposed. And so it was a lot more, it was a lot more thought that went into it when I was younger because I tried to figure it Now it's just, this is just part of my personality. Um, and even then, it's not like hardcore or whatever. It's like we're talking about something. If it comes up, we say it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that every conversation has to have it, but every room, but every conversation could have room for it. Right. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just the older, wiser thing. It is. Too, right? Yeah. It's I, the older, wiser, and don't care. Yeah. If you said it, too. Yeah. I'm just going, man, this is who I am. I'm a little yeah. pastor, and I should probably talk about this stuff. <laughs> it's a point yeah. there. It's like people wearing red Crocs to Walmart. Right. Care, yeah. I, I don't care. They're right. comfy, and right. let's go. And if it embarrasses my kids more that I have them on, right? More power to me because I'm doing it. You know? Now I still get uh, my uh, my wife Kim got me a shirt. I've seen I wear it around a couple different places that uh, it says "Yes, I'm a pastor." Don't look so surprised. <laughs> uh, and I and I still think that's part of what my ministry is. Is like I don't. I kind of like it when people are surprised that I'm a pastor, not because, you know, I'm out there like cussing up a storm or doing anything else, right. but just because it, there's such a, a st- stigma is not quite the right word, yeah. but, but an image that everybody has, a stereotypical stereotype. image. Yeah. The stereotype that everybody has, even if you say pastor, even if you're younger and you, and you see like a hipper pastor, it's, you either have old fogey pastor or you have, Tight jeans, skinny jeans, and and big boots, boots, right? And and there's never just average guy that's really sarcastic that can also be a pastor. That's never an image, right? Uh, Because sometimes pastors here, I don't know if you know this or not, but sometimes pastors can be some of the most irreverent people just because of the jokes that they come up with. Because you have to have, in some ways, going. You see a lot of things, and you can go into really dark places that you know you don't stay there, but you can make some jokes about. Eh, okay, yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. of go there with it, and so. But that doesn't ever that doesn't always get lifted up of just being real of not having the image with it. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. <clears throat> when you deal with people's junk long enough, you have to have a sense of humor yeah. that lets you just kind of put like, that off to the side. Well, I'm making hand motions, and you can't see them. <laughs> <laughs> It's also like nursing. Yeah, very much. Or that, or that shockingly enough, right? right? Because you're helping sick people. Nursing, teaching, uh, all those areas, you know, whether you are a social worker or any of those areas that have it where you really are dealing with people's junk um, that they deal with, it it, it, it does weigh. Yeah. So, so. And you have to have that Guy great outlet. outlet. Right. Or you're going to be one of those people with junk. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mean, more so than what you have, right. right? Like, yeah, I have junk, right? And if you are somebody like me, and not every pastor is this way, but if you are somebody like me, who also does get emotional at things, you end up taking on the emotional feelings of what everybody else has too. If you're not careful, right? Without without saying, oh, I got to be really sad because these people are really sad, and it'd be really weird for me to be happy right now. You can get into a lot of stuff if you're not careful. Yeah. No. <laughs> So as far as walking through it, man, it developed me into who I am. Um, I love 
I love talking to people and surprising them. Um, when I was in college, I was a licensed minister and uh, I lived in a fraternity house, which made for all kinds of really cool stories. And so the only one I can really share <laughs> is uh, statues exactly, our statues of limitations, right? But they used to like to find the drunkest person in the house who had never been there before and then go tell them, hey, there's a minister that lives down the hallway. And so, like at two o'clock in the morning, I get like my like door banged on, just bam, 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 bam. Like I open the door, like you aren't no minister. Blah, blah, blah. So I show them the I show them the license. Like oh, I'm sorry, don't tell my mom. Like man, I don't even know your mom. I don't know you exactly. Um, but but yeah, so we had that. But at the same time, in that conversation piece, we had worked this out enough that there was a lounge right next to my room, and I preached at a little country church who was just training out that they could afford to pay somebody one Sunday a month. And uh, so I get over there. It's a great training spot. And I could go in and go, hey, I've got church in the morning preaching. And that whole whole house, people not, some religious, some not, will go, cool. And they move it. Uh, so it wasn't right next. And it wasn't even, and like, it wasn't even thought about. Like, it was just moved. Right. Because it was just kind of that relation of being able to talk and being able to be real with people that we had built up. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's one of my cool. It's one of my favorite memories of being in college, just having that, and just the stuff that came with that. Like the guy that used to like to get drunk and then tell me about the last time he saw God. My like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it awesome. it's liquid courage. Right? It is. It's liquid courage. They tell you everything. Like, man, I did not need to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, man. I'm just getting started. Don't burn me out now, man. <laughs> so, with that being said, and sure. you just brought it up, burnout, burnout. Uh, and, and for the record, I hate that term. And, and I don't know why. Sure. And I know hate's a strong word, and my grandma always told me I that. I strongly blah, blah, despise blah. that word with yeah. a flaming hot I passion that boils in my <laughs> Do not like it. Right. But I'm sure. Sure. As how old as we are. Right. We just turned 21 two days ago. Exactly. Um, Looking good too. <laughs> uh, you are. I'm not. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> uh, you had to have had that moment or moments. And if you haven't, I want to hear those too. And, and you don't have to go super detailed. I'm just right. saying, like. So if you mean, if you mean, yeah, if you mean burnout, as in, I don't want to do this anymore. I haven't had that. Okay. And part of the reason I haven't had that is I have been fortunate enough to be in church settings that have been super supportive and have really loved on their pastor. I have friends of mine in ministry who have not been able to serve churches like that. And that's a whole, you know, we can do a whole yeah. series whole on that. Series right, on exactly. That. But um, so, that, so that up front, but are there times where I've gone, I don't know if I can do this or... I don't know how to do this or I'm just tired mm -hmm. and I don't know what else to do. Then yes. Um, we were talking before I did two funerals Saturday and the Monday's my normally my day off. And I took another day off just because you were exhausted. I was exhausted. And I don't know. There have been studies that have been shown that, uh, so here's a good plug to support your minister. Um, there have been studies that have been shown that when a pastor delivers even a 20-minute sermon, the emotional energy of giving that sermon is equal to a 40-hour manual labor week. 
Oh yeah, I can, I can contest to that. Right. Like, I always say, because everybody's like, "Are you nervous? Are you like pressure? You know, or whatever." And for me, and you know me, like right. I've always been an athletic person, and I never. The only time, like the only places that I didn't get nervous was in between the the foul lines in the baseball field. Right. Because I knew what I was doing. Right. Right. Going on the out of bounds lines on a football field or a big football game, I was nervous. Right. And we can, and like I could do both sides, all four quarters Mm -hmm. and be exhausted. Right. But a 45 minute sermon on a Sunday. Yeah. Is a whole different ballgame. It is because there's like, an there's an emotional toil that just. Uh, I think in those moments, and 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 it's hard to explain. The best way I know how to describe this is that jazz musicians talk about when they play, and they really just dump themselves into the music. Mm-hmm. They talk. They call it about getting in the groove, mm-hmm. and they will talk about how at some point the music just takes over. Mm-hmm. And I think if pastors have really done their due diligence and they really have prayed and they really have taken the concerns of the congregation, the community, the church, whatever, and in a part, that God really does. It's not that God takes over, but you realize that the words that are either being preached or written or, or prayed or whatever it is, there is a synchronization. There's a synch- yeah, there's a synchronization of it. And there's also a, um, I never would have done this on my own. Yeah. Yes. And, and if you channel that long enough, it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. So I said, I did two funerals on Saturday and then preached on Sunday. So three services. Right. And so by Tuesday, like I'm fried. Yeah, and and that is a really hard concept to explain to people that yeah. go, man. All you have to do is go up there and talk for like 25, 30 minutes, whatever. Yeah, go. I, I, I do that. It's like, oh, but and, yeah. and you tell them, and and you want, and even if you try to defend it, you know, you don't come across as very humble at that point. Oh, you suck. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And go, you know, you're you're horrible. Yeah. Like no, but there is a there's an. It, and it's a peaceful exhaustion. Yes, for for me at least, right? right? Like, it's not four quarters and and one overtime quarter, right? And like, I'm exhausted, exhausted, right. and like, just ready to hit the pillow and and go to bed. This is like, and maybe grumpy because if they can do that or just that, it's yeah. just yeah. Now I can be grumpy. I could I could have said this better, or whatever, because you overanalyze it. But yeah. but you're right. It is. It's that I'm just done. Yeah, I'm, I don't have anything else to give. Yeah. Uh, my glass is empty. Right. Right. Like, and, and it's a peaceful exhaustion. Right. Besides the volley in your head about if, right. you're, if it hit or not, or, right. you know. So, so your question about burnout, mm-hmm. man, I, I have been fortunate to serve churches that have been really, really good. I have served churches who have, I've been able to serve churches, either a youth minister or a regular pastor have all had their problems and they've all had people that, Man, you love them, but you really look for a way to avoid them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, do yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I love all of you, man. I like you. But no, but I, I love all of you. I got that same idea. And, and knowing that I've got to be the pastor for all of that. And so, so, so during COVID, 
This, uh, I told the, I have, it took me about three years to admit this to the church. Um, but during COVID, uh, our church, and, and our church is a traditional church. I mean, it's a steeple church when you think about it. It's, you know, it's, it's what you think of when you think of a church. A small town church. Small town church, I mean, right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, you know, there's no. Middle, middle right. America. Right. Yeah, it's what you're thinking of with that. Um, and it is the first church I have served that has been like a 50-50 split uh, within its like um, political thought. Okay. So you've got this wide variety with it. Then you had COVID. And the trustees, which if you don't know, trustees in the church, a lot of times handle like the, the money, the insurance, the, that type of that in the church. And the board all decided that instead of us, because we did close down for a little bit, uh, and then we did some different things while we were closed down. But for a little while we did. But then the board and the trustees decided that instead of having to have a board meeting and a trustees meeting all the time, about with like every day we have another meeting was let's just let the head of the trustees and the head of the board and the minister for a certain amount of time, just have kind of carte blanche. You all can make the decisions about what needs to be done. And on paper, that sounds really good until you have one of those people who are really, really far on the right. And one of those people who are really, really far on the left. And then you've got the pastor in the middle who are just in there trying to figure out how to make decisions to keep people's health and safety issues. They got all the stuff we're trying to process. Right. And from both people, I heard this phrase over and over again. You can't let the so-and-sos of the world tell you what to do. Which is true. Yeah. But what both people are saying is you've got to do things my way. Mm -hmm. um, and so, this is the closest I've probably been to burnout because yeah, I wrote a, I wrote a letter and Kim said, don't sing that. <laughs> that was, and the letter basically said, I'm writing this just to confirm your worst fears. I'm listening to the other side. Uh, and it was to, and it was to, it was just to the whole church period. Like it wasn't like any group that like, yeah, just to confirm your fears. I am listening to the other side. It's part of my job. <laughs> like I have to be able to listen to everybody. That's the closest I've been because I didn't know, and we were, and everybody was in such a, you know, we're recreating the wheel every time we turned around. Um, that's the most time, like what you're talking about, not knowing what to do, because it was so much of from political tensions to health tensions to uh, how you do the church. You got some people who don't want to be in there because they're afraid. Some people think that we're doing too little. Some we're not doing, you know, we're doing too much. Mm -hmm. It's everything you have in the church, like concentrated of going because right, yeah. because it was just boom Magnified. here we go right exactly yeah uh and so it, it was it was this really hard movement so that's the closest i've ever been of going i'm done but because the church was so as a whole the church was so grateful that we were just doing that we were yes. just trying, that we really were taking time to figure out like how to do what was what. Like um, I had a conversation where I argued with the health department for a while and I just say, hey, this is what we want to do. Because our, our faith denomination does communion every Sunday. Mm -hmm. So then how you do communion every Sunday when you're at home and how you do all this stuff and viewing online. And so what we were going to do is we were going to drive up communion. Mm -hmm. And so we were going to have people come up in the health department say, I don't know if I just want you handing it in the cars or not. And so we kind of went round and round and I said, okay. Uh, so I took with the health department and said, okay, I, I understand you not wanting us to hand stuff into the car. I get that. Just kind of drive up. I need you to explain to me so I can explain it to the board how that is different than somebody like McDonald's doing it because McDonald's are still right. handing it. And they kind of hem hard around it. And I said, what if we do this? What if I put a six-foot table 
And I just put the communion on the end of the table as we're counting who's in the cars. And then when they drive up, they can take communion and we'll stand on outside and pray for the cars they come up. And the health department was going, we want to tell you no, but there's nothing wrong in what you're doing. So go ahead and do it. And it's a pretty cool idea. But the amount of people who heard that as the health department's telling us what to do, like, no, yeah, no, right. no, yeah. that's not yeah. what they're doing in that. So keeping those voices at bay mm-hmm. of going, because <laughs> yeah. everybody's scared, everybody's amped up, everybody's angry, everybody's confused. And the past, and they're looking at the pastor going, so uh, how do we get through this? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 I'm making this up as I go, man. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, man. But, I mean, this spawned from right from that, right, right. Like for me, I was just a fresh believer again, or right. a, a fresh follower, right? Not a believer, but a fresh follower. And then, like, I'm essential because right. I do IT, right? And so I can get out. Yeah. I can drive around. Like, there's still rules and protocols that I have. To, to do as well, but some people didn't have that luxury. Right. And then some of the stuff that I did as a stress reliever, I couldn't do because everything was shut down. Right. And like one of the things that kept me in check back then was hanging out with the guys. Right. And then, you know, we always, we coined the phrase a Brad question and it was just, you know, like it was, Maybe a question little Ronnie had. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, what's it mean that God rested on this day? Did he have Doritos and a Mountain Dew? You know, like, what what does that mean? Right. So then we we would do whatever we were doing, and then we'd all just focus and, like, sit down and, and volley that back and forth. Right. And then you take that away, and then I'm like a caged animal inside my head. Right. And then I was like, oh. I got, I got a confession to make for you. Every time I listen to one of these, and this is the best compliment I can give, and I truly mean that, is that in my mind, I replay the scene from Talladega Nights. Yeah. When they're talking about what type of Jesus you prefer praying to. <laughs> is it little bit, is it Jesus? Or it's like, or I like to picture my Jesus with the angel wings in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I love, but I love that. And here's the thing that most pastors will admit. I have told people, we were talking about baptism classes earlier. Mm-hmm. I have told the students who come through my class, that I don't want you believing anything because I told it to you. Yeah. I want people to challenge it. I think mm-hmm. it would be the scariest day and the best day ever if somebody in the congregation went and raised their hand and went, wait a minute. I, I, I would love it because there is something about. Well, that's happened at our church. So. It's good. Yeah, I know. But see, we don't have. See, I don't have that. I, I don't. I'm, no, I know. I'm sick. Traditional church. Yeah. I'm, I am a pastor who would love to do the other stuff, and we got some ideas of what we're working on for that. But we would do that stuff, but still, <laughs> yeah. not stuck, but serving a church that's still trying to figure out how to be that. Right. Um, which is what I love doing. They're still trying to figure out what can we do differently, um, knowing that we have to be different. So, yeah. Yeah. I put you on the spot. Sure. I know you listen. Yeah. Do you have anything for me wise? It, like, I mean, I, and I, sure. I, put I, you, I say I put you on the spot. You put me on the spot I again. Put you on the, the spot. spot again. Right. <laughs> I guess what I would say is, is I've thought about this a lot and I've chuckled about it a lot in my head um, of going, 
the Ronnie that you referred to as little Ronnie. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I know, but I think it's fun, but I think it's right. But even like high school and on, what would that guy say if you went up to him and said, "Hey, like when you're an old man, like 40, 44, 45, 46, all that, uh, you're going to be hosting." Well, first of all, you got to explain what a podcast is. But then second, but then sure. second, you're going to be having a group recorded conversation for for people to listen to and hear that all we're really doing we're having fun doing it is all we're really doing is talking about how faith has an impact in our lives. Mm -hmm. What would, what would that Ronnie say? It's funny that you say that. I think about that question all the time. Right. Right. And, and that's how I approach whatever I'm doing or whatever event we're doing or, you know, speaking at a baccalaureate, right? Like, um, Whatever, like that's that's it. Because I, I'm not saying the methods were wrong mm-hmm. back then, and I'm not saying that everything was sunshine and rainbows either. Right. But what would have gotten me to listen? Right. And and that's what I try when I go there. Right. Like. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to talk at uh, alcoholic rehab center, and like that's 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 a Michael Jordan layup for me, right? Because I was one, I okay. am one, right? Right. And so, but you take me out of that, right? Right. And then you, I read the room all mm-hmm. the time. So I don't know. Like, I think my approach would be softer, but not pillow softer. Right. But not sledgehammer coming down either. Right. But what would that Ronnie just, what would that Ronnie's be, response be when you told him? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you told him, hey, this is what you're going to be doing yeah. when you're older. <laughs> yeah. You seen Back to the Future. Yeah. When they, it's like that. Yeah, like, uh, no. No. No, we're not doing that. Right. Because that... Because, like you were saying, like you knew what you were doing, right? I thought I knew what I was doing, right? Right? Like I had that path, right? The unmerited, like I lived fast, drove fast, the whole thing, right? Until I didn't do the things to keep me doing those things, right? What? And so, like, so in a way, like you. Knew what you were doing. Right. And there was no backup plan for you. Right. Because oh, you, yeah. you were stubborn enough to do so. <laughs> I've thought about that many, many times. Right. Like if the church folds, <laughs> I don't I don't have any other skills. <laughs> right. Like I have none. <laughs> but like the same thing for right. with me. Right. It's because the, the, the lost and lonely part that you were talking about mm-hmm. came after for me. Okay. Like flunking out right because that was the only thing i focused on right so then it was like a i gotta tuck my tail between my legs and come back yeah and cocky arrogant ronnie doesn't do that right and now i have to and it stings really really bad right and then what are you gonna do 
like, seriously, what are you going to do? Like, you looking in, under the hood of the car is like looking at a, a Japanese book. Right. Like, I don't know. Right. And then, and then, like, all your, all your friends are all where you should be. Right. Right? Right. And so then, no, you're the guy that never gets out of town. You're that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of things I would tell young little Ronnie. <laughs> you know? Right, like, yeah. Stuff doesn't matter. The stuff that mattered in high school definitely doesn't matter now. Right. Right? And, like, I tried to tell my kids that. But, just like me, like, sometimes you can't see the forest because of that big log right in your way. Right. You know, one of the things I've enjoyed about listening to your show and, and I, and I love what it's doing. And there's a trend that is coming up that I think is important for churches to hear. And it takes your story into account is that, um, it, I think there's a wake up call that churches need to hear. I think that churches, not that they, like you said, not that there was necessarily doing anything wrong, but because they got comfortable. Mm-hmm. And doing it that way. And man-made traditions. Right. And man-made traditions. And some man-made traditions are great. Yeah. Right. But, but, I, but they got, but they lost why the tradition was there. They got a little cocky and a little confident and look at all the, and it became about um, getting the right people in their church mm-hmm. because we got to have the right community leaders so that we can do that. And, you know, and it, because that became the focus for a lot of churches, instead of how are we always making sure we're engaging the culture in a way that people are challenged and understood all at the same time. Right. That's the hardest part of creating, of crafting a sermon. How do you, how do you show understanding and challenge all at the same time? I I chuckled the other day because as I was doing my sermon notes, and you'll get this, it's like, I got to make this, like the Stan Lee version of a sermon, right? Right. Because, and I always say that, and you get it, right? Like other people might not, right? But like, because it didn't matter if it was issue one, six, eighteen. Like he wanted, if it's somebody's first comic, then right. that's you got to understand it, right? So it doesn't matter if it's a shallow version, and you're a kid, and you're not high deep in theology, or if you're that. Double PhD Bible nerd, right? right? right. Like you got to be both accessible. waters, right. right? And I think churches, because they got comfortable, they fell into a pattern that you actually see all throughout the Old Testament. And there's a really fancy theological scholar, scholarly scholar, people who know how to speak real good <laughs> word that uh, um, it's called the Deuteronomical cycle. And this is what the cycle is. Kingdom of God or the God's people are doing really, really well, and they're at the top of the they're at the top of the chart, and then they start 
you know, kind of doing things their way and uh, things start slipping and a prophet comes by and says, uh, hey, if you don't change what you're doing, uh, things are going to fall apart and they don't listen to the prophet and they get like invaded or, you know, exiled. Uh, so, uh, the whole book of Judges. Yeah, the whole book of Judges. But it's really, it's the entire Old Testament. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But it's, it, but it's, so they get exiled and then they start going, hey, where did we screw up? And the prophet comes back and goes, hey, you didn't listen to God. And they go, hey, maybe we should start doing that. And they start climbing up the hill again until they hit the peak. Mm -hmm. And I think the church has kind of hit that and where I would say that things like what you all do with Broken Record Ministries and other ones are filling that profit role of just calling attention to, there's another way to do this. Mm -hmm. And you need to pay attention to it. Um, so that you can be in that cycle of going, this is what could be. It could church could just be a group of people just hanging out and talking and sharing with God and then going figure out, hey, we're gonna we're gonna uh, you know we're we're gonna go help out with a group. Whether it is like I know, like coming up here in town, it's hey, we're gonna send a bunch of people out to uh, over at the Lutheran Church because they're doing Thanksgiving and they're gonna need a bunch of drivers to deliver meals. We're gonna get right. together. We're gonna do that because people need to have it. It's not the walls and the structure. It's that. It's really what does the community of believers really do. Right. And and I and I, and it's a really cool spot I think to be in right now. It's it's daunting, but it's really it's kind of a cool spot to be kind of on the, in the precipice of a history because the church hasn't been in this spot for a really long time. Right. Um, to be able to go, how do we recreate? How do we reinvigorate? How do we do things differently in structure, not in message, but in structure that is what we should have been doing the entire time what we right, should have been yeah. doing the entire time yeah uh, but because we were in that spot i going no we're good we got this and when God's trying to go <laughs> telling you <laughs> don't yeah. do it I'm right, here. <laughs> right, right so that's so that's a really cool thing to me so that's really one of the things it's why I enjoy what you do uh, with that so I think it is a voice that just needs to be heard differently so that as we're joking somebody <laughs> like little Ronnie or some other people who've yeah. been stuck in that spot can go I never would have thought of that yeah. uh, as a way to be an expression of faith. Yeah. Or I'm not the only one. Right. And right. I'm not, and, and you're not doing it in a way that is accountability as finger pointing and saying, shame on you, get your life together. What the crap are you thinking? I'm sorry I use that word, but get it. But it happens. But instead going, man, you just want to go hang out. Yeah. And it's a different, and it's a different way. And it's not, it's not fake. It's not cheesy. It's authentic, um, and and it, and it does good stuff. And that's what I enjoy. That's what I want my ministry to be, even as I preach. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'll, if <laughs> here's a plug for First Christian Church Mexico, you can find us on Facebook at firstchristianchurchmexico.com. Uh, but all of our services are are still on there. And if you look, one of the reasons I work really hard in crafting mine so that I know the story. Mm-hmm. And once I know the story, I don't need the notes. Yeah. Um, and because we do communion every Sunday, our sermons are shorter as a, they're like 20 minutes, but they're in that same time frame. But, you know, whether it's series or whatever we're talking about, um, I, I try to write the sermons in a way like what we're talking about that goes, this can be relatable. And when it's challenging, it's not shame on you. It's there's a better way to do this. Right. And we need to all... What are we doing? Well, yeah, and we right, really right. need to back up and look at this and yeah. go, <laughs> in the middle of that, because... And and, and, I, and everybody who tells me, that, Pastor, you really got to me today. And I hear that a lot. I've, I've heard that a lot. I tell people, man, I stepped all over my toes yeah. before I ever touched yours. Right. Because this was also stuff I needed to hear as well. Yeah. You know? And that's like, 
maybe this isn't for who I'm talking to anyways. Right. Maybe it's me. Right. Maybe. Because you know? not every sermon has to be for everybody. No. It just has to be for somebody that needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I keep using my hands. Me Nobody too. can see that. Uh, yeah. We all do. Here. I know. Like, like uh, Schmike over there has his little umbrellas for his drinks that he right. figuratively drinks. But uh, last question, and, okay. then we'll, and then we'll pull the needle off the record. Okay. What would little Zane say? I think he would. I think he would be speechless if I came back and said everything I've gotten to do. Mm-hmm. Because there was such a a loneliness to it, that even though he was really good at masking, really good at masking. Um, but there was such a loneliness and a separation from it of not knowing where to belong that he would just sit there and, and, and look, he would, I don't know if it would be doubting. I don't know if he'd be doubting what the older version would say, but it would definitely be a, uh, it, it, it'd be more than yeah, right. But it would be, it, it I don't know if he would know what to do with it. Yeah. Because there's, you know, from getting to go uh, to Poland and do Holocaust study stuff and have conversations in a multi-faith setting to the levels of camps that I work in, to the churches I've been able to set in, to going on mission trip in Brazil and, you know, doing some really cool experiences within that and to be able to hear that and go on top of that, I think what he would have struggled with is recognizing the leadership position that was that was earned through just doing the work mm-hmm. instead of going um <laughs> hey look at me yeah right yeah and yeah. so going you know you, you did you know you so, put in the time you did that so at some point he would have gone to leadership of going <laughs> you're talking about the wrong guy like i love god don't get me wrong yeah. like I, that's cool i get to serve but what so yeah. not questioning where you're at calling wise, right? Because, like you said, you already knew that. But the ability, but the ability, and how to get from there to there, right? 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 Pull the needle off the record for me. Hit me with the final thought. Final thought for the day. Well, I have thought about this over and over again, and I think. I think I picture God more and more looking at it going, man, if you just, (laughs) if you just trust me, if you just, if you just get out of the way and look at what I've already put in front of you, man, this, my job would be so much easier and Mm -hmm. I I only get one day a week. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's a good one. Uh, For me, it's like cherish the things that you've, that you have. Yeah. Because you don't know when you won't have them. Right. Right. And you just have to be present. Right. Just not perfect. Right. Right. You want to pray us out? Sure. All right. Loving, creative God. Man, it is so fun just to be able to talk and share life stories. And it's fun to... To look back and see and see the ways that you were working. But God, what's more exciting now 
is being able to see what lies ahead and to be amazed at just what you're doing and to be humble that you've asked us to be part of it. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for putting your ministry and your church in the hands of people who you have to keep going, man, I told you not to do that, <laughs> but, but you did it anyway, so let's figure this out. But you keep doing it over and over again, and thank you doesn't seem like enough, but it's all we got. And so thank you. Amen. Amen. And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.